0: Welcome to Meet Me in Tennessee. I'm your host, Sabrina Morton. This show is sponsored by Northeast Tennessee Tourism Association. Go visit them on their website, northeasttennessee.org. And it's all spelled out, no abbreviations. Happy to have with us today, Bob Dunn. Bob uh, is with the Heritage Alliance in Jonesboro, Tennessee. Uh, Bob, tell us a little bit about... The heritage alliance what
1: you do there sure thanks a lot for having me today uh the heritage alliance uh we take care of everything really historic in in Jonesboro. uh actually encompasses a lot of washington county also um, we work typically out of the chester inn museum there which is a state-owned museum uh, we provide the manpower to run the museum we provide Uh, tour guides for the walking tours. We're in costume uh, walking up and down the historic district uh, meeting and greeting people. Uh, We run not only that museum for the state, but we run the Washington County Museum at the Visitor Center on Boone Street in Jonesboro. We operate and run the historic uh, Old City Cemetery, which we've restored. Uh, We give tours there. We also do a play there every year. The Chucky Railroad Depot Museum down on 2nd Avenue with the caboose, you know, for us Mm -hmm. kids that like to play in cabooses. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have a historical salvage warehouse down on Depot Street, uh, which we operate also uh, taking any and all buildings, homes and stuff in the area that are going to be raised, torn down, uh, take everything, put it in there. So people restoring historic buildings can have parts to uh, to do, proper parts mm-hmm. to restore those. That stuff is getting really difficult to find and getting extraordinarily expensive. Mm-hmm. But uh, we provide that service also. Okay.
0: You all do a lot, a lot we of do, things. We oh, do that. a lot of stuff. Of <laughs> <up>. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's great. Okay. Where are you from originally, Bob?
1: I was born in Virginia, born in Halifax County, Virginia. So if you go... East, west across the state, it's right in the middle, uh, right down on the North Carolina border. Born on a huge bright leaf tobacco plantation there. Uh, Spent uh, my first 18 years uh, through high school there. And then I joined the U.S. Navy. I spent 30 years in the Navy. I was a frogman in the Navy, a diver. Uh, Traveled all over. Uh, We retired back to Lynchburg, Virginia and stayed there for quite a number of years, and then moved to Jonesboro uh, almost 12 years ago. It'll be 12 years uh, next month. Okay.
0: Um. So, what brought you to Jonesboro, the area?
1: Uh, my daughter uh, had always she was she was like a music prodigy, and. Uh, she had looked at uh, schools uh, to continue her music education. Uh, two of them that came up were the University of Washington in Seattle and East Tennessee State University. Uh, luckily, she picked East Tennessee State University, mm-hmm. uh, so she got a bachelor's and master's there in music performance. Uh, she's a flutist. Uh, does a lot of blues and jazz and a little bit of everything. can play just about anything. Uh, met a local guy who was a videotographer out of college. He worked for a, a division of ESPN Sports doing sports programming, and they traveled all over, really, the world doing that stuff. And uh, finally got kind of burnt out on that. Came back to Jonesboro, where his, his family's from, bought a new house, and uh, – he went to work for a TV station, uh, still works for TV stations in the area, and uh, <clears throat> she formed a flute uh, group, and they play all around the area, they, they're actually at Biltmore now mm-hmm. doing the the holiday festivities mm-hmm. there, they play there quite every year, uh, and she just plays around. She's and, Honestly, my wife and I at the time, we got tired of driving up and down Interstate 81 to see them. So we, we bought a house in Jonesboro and uh, the rest is history as they say.
0: <laughs> okay. So explain exactly what it is you do with the Heritage Alliance. I have been on one of Bob's tours, but I got separated from your group. They had to divide. We were with a large group that day. Yes. And I got divided and I was with the girl dressed in the old fashioned mm-hmm. swimsuit. Yes. Pantaloon things. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't
1: wear pantaloons. Don't. <laughs> but uh, we well, are you we, might consider it. <laughs> you, you it might consider. be fun. Yeah. I don't know. No. <laughs> Especially in the summertime it might be fun. Yes. <laughs> um no we're in pure costumes, uh all the, the tour guides. We have about four or five uh, tour guides that can do the job. Uh we give the walking tours of the whole historic district. Uh when we when I first started there, we were giving tours just about every day. And then after the COVID issue, uh, pretty much everything stopped. And then uh, they're down to uh, like one scheduled a week now on a Saturday at one o'clock in the afternoon, leaving from the Chester Inn Museum there on Main Street. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do also a tremendous amount of private tours and, and specialty tours like you took with uh, uh, tour guide companies, companies. Uh, uh, different podcasters or video uh, YouTubers, that type of thing, magazines, every every, every people that mm-hmm. they come there in groups. Uh, and that can be any time. Uh, a lot of private tours now because people are wanting special times, especially at families. And it, and it gets kind of busy, especially during the holidays because they've got people in from out of town maybe spending the holidays with them and they want to show them around so we do a lot of that uh, also.
0: Okay, so tell us, like, kind of go through what a tour is like.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, we meet, uh, the tours, the walking tours are very economical. They cost five bucks, it's not much money there. Uh, And we cover, really, the entire historic district of Jonesboro. We talk about, we don't really give scripted tours, per se. Uh, I don't, read anything. Uh, it's all from really depending on how the group is set up. Uh, you may have a group that's specifically maybe interested just in architecture or just general history or whatever they, their interest might be, Civil War period, you know, whatever. And uh, we try to tailor it a little bit towards that once we find out that information. Um, if not, it's just a, a tour of how Jonesboro came about, uh, being the oldest town in Tennessee how it uh, progressed through time and history and what happened and who did what to whom and that type of thing uh, and you know talking about the buildings and uh, everything that really happened there through history. it's just quite a unique place we the history there is quite quite a bit different than a lot of people think of maybe the South and maybe Tennessee it's
0: mm-hmm. what's one thing that you think or that you can tell us that is perceived differently than it actually is about Jonesboro?
1: I would say really the the almost non-existence of slavery. Mm. Uh, Jonesboro was a very wealthy town, a very politically wealthy town, I guess you could call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being in the South, there were really no Civil War battles per se around Jonesboro, you know. There, no skirmishes to amount to anything. Yes, we had different armies would come into town and maybe occupy for a day or two and then go go elsewhere. But, you know, where I'm from in Virginia, God, you can dig in everybody's front yard and you can find musket balls and battles and all that stuff. But here, not so much. Uh, Jonesboro was made up of uh, not only several generations of Americans uh, that had been here, but A lot of immigrants coming from the continent, uh, especially after the Revolutionary War, Mm -hmm. uh, come into the new world to make a better life for themselves and their families, to escape maybe political, religious prosecution over there. Uh, And they bring not only their skill sets, because they've had a lot longer to do their skill sets than we have, but uh, they bring different political views, uh, not necessarily believing in slavery. not uh, a lot of big Quaker influence there, which didn't necessarily believe in slavery, but they were Quakers that owned slaves. Uh, just, I guess, the mindset. You know, we, we talk about that, or at least I talk about that quite a bit in my tour because I think it's a very important part of, of Tennessee's history. Tennessee being the first state, uh, uh, the last state to succeed from the Union and the first state to go back. And, in fact, all of northeast Tennessee, all the counties here, actually voted not to secede from the Union. Mm -hmm. But were overridden by middle to western Tennessee because that's where the plantations are. And the only reason for slavery was to run the large plantations of the Mm -hmm. South. You know, the the plantations, you know, we we grew the food and we produced the cotton for the clothing. Uh, The North was the industrialized part. They made the machinery, the steel and the ironworks. Uh so that is the only reason for having slavery, you know, when to, to run the large plantations in the Virginias, Carolinas, Georgias, middle to western Tennessees, down to Mississippi towards New Orleans, mm-hmm. that type of thing. But Donesboro, a very rich town, uppity town, head of itself town, <coughs> pardon me, uh, surrounded by very small farms. No need for slavery. Mm-hmm. So... You know, Jonesboro, there were free African-Americans that lived and worked and owned property on Main Street in Jonesboro that operated businesses. And people just don't quite understand that that actually did happen in the South. Uh, Many of the churches there on Main Street, uh, African-Americans came and participated in regular services on Sundays. doesn't even happen anymore in the united states you know the most segregated time in u.s history right now is sunday morning in church Mm -hmm. so uh but that happened there and still happens there so it's um it's quite a quite a cultural shock to a lot of people that come there and and see uh what they perceive Mm -hmm. is maybe quite a bit different than what actually happens.
0: Yeah, I did not know any of that, so it's really more of a progressive town than yes. people realize, especially for a very small town. Absolutely, absolutely. That's very interesting. So when you do your tours, I know you're you're dressed up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, um, do you do, are you a character? Do you
1: Not s- Not necessarily a character, just representing a different particular uh, time in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of us have probably... Three or four or five different costumes, depending on seasons. Uh, I try to get the lightest weight was <laughs> in the 90-degree summer, but that doesn't usually happen because yes. we use typically uh, authentic costumes, uh, authentic reproductions of costumes, which means they are, you know, wool and double flannel and mm-hmm. uh, you know many layers, uh, and it can be quite hot. You have to get kind of acclimated to that, uh, changing from, you know. Early 1800s to post-Civil War to into the 1900s, uh, you're just changing costumes, uh, period. You know, now coming up for the holidays, more Dickens-type costumes with the tails and the top hats and all that stuff and the fancy stuff for the holidays. There people wanting to see that, so that's what we do.
0: Do you sing? I do
1: not sing. God knows. No, (laughs) no, 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 no no, no, no Christmas carols for me. (laughs) I can't carry a teen in a bucket. That's Um, my daughter. (laughs) I can't either,
0: unfortunately. So, um, what is a great story you can tell us? So, just something that happened along a tour, or (laughs) something, just that a that a guest did. Well,
1: there's a couple of them really. Uh, One was uh, we we had a bus tour, and a, a tour bus of. I think there were 65 uh, people on the tour bus, plus a driver and two attendants, so 68 people. Big bus. And uh, they had come to, to do tours, and we had them all set up and everything. And uh, about the time the bus pulled into behind the courthouse to park, the skies opened up, and we had a monsoon. I mean, it rained all day long, just poured down. So we were scratching our heads, well, maybe we'll wait a minute, let's look at the radar, let's see what's gonna happen. No, it's all dark green and still coming. So uh, just got up on the bus, f- figured out that they had a microphone so you could talk. So started talking on the bus and we just kind of did a tour from the bus. Uh, towards the end, we actually got the bus driver to drive up and down Main Street, which probably wasn't the greatest idea for traffic, but anyway, we did it. and. Uh, got him to turn around a couple of times and talked about individual buildings, but that's that was kind of an interesting time. The other one was about five, or six years ago, I had received a, a message from my boss there that a lady from Blowing Rock, North Carolina, wanted to do a private tour. Not unusual, I mean, that happens quite a bit. And uh, evidently she had seen I don't know, a YouTube video or something of, of me in one of my costumes and she had requested that I give the tour in that particular costume and I go, this is getting a little strange. But we took it and uh, she came in, met a really nice lady, her name is Brenda Cancel and she's out of Blowing Rock. She's a, she's a quite a renowned artist actually. And uh, she took the tour, very interesting lady, I asked a lot of questions, she had a camera with her, she was taking lots of pictures. And towards the end of the tour, uh, <clears throat> we finished up, and I thanked her and told her, you know, thanks for coming and all that. And she says, uh, can I take some pictures of you? And I go, yeah, that's fine. I mean, that happens mm-hmm. quite a bit too. And then she says, well, I need you to pose. And I go, uh-oh, this is getting a little weird <laughs> right here. And um, so she she kind of posed me on the street, uh, which was kind of embarrassing, but we were sitting there, and, and she was taking pictures Basically, of my pants and, and you know, torso and all that. And I was going, okay, this is really strange. And then she told me she was actually doing, she had been commissioned to do a full-life bronze statue uh, of a fellow named Elliot Dangerfield, who is North Carolina's prominent artist mm-hmm. uh, in Blowing Rock. And... Uh, She wanted to see how the folds of my particular suit fell on the legs and across the shoes and all that because I was posing like I was holding a a palette and a brush in this hand like I was painting. And uh, I said, okay. Well, about a year later, I got this invitation to come for the unveiling of the bronze. And it is in in Blowing Rock at, the name of that place is what is the name of that place? The Edgewood Cottage, uh-huh. and uh, it's outside, and it's a full scale, and it's and it's pretty cool. A lot of people come and visit that. So that was a that was an odd tour, right? That is there. an that, odd that, request. That, that, yes. Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, what are the biggest challenges that you face as a tour guide, and are there any advantages to being a tour guide?
1: Well, the advantages would be meeting so many people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we entertain uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people uh, at that place uh, and very diverse from everywhere now, Every, people coming from everywhere to see it. Uh, it's uh, We're lucky that we have a, a town, an entire town that has been kept old mm-hmm. Uh There's only probably five or six of these left in the United States. Uh, You can find individual buildings and stuff like that, but not an entire town that's been uh, kept like this. Uh, Mm -hmm. And kudos to the powers to be that they decided to do that. I mean, economically, probably doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, they could have turned this into a Pigeon Forge or a Gatlinburg or a Dollywood or something like that and made a lot more money, but they decided to keep it old. And I I think that goes a long way. Especially with with the history of of the town being the oldest town,
0: definitely it it is a hard thing to find now. It's Something very
1: difficult to find
0: as original as Jonesboro.
1: Yes, challenges uh, probably walking in costume in ninety degree plus temperatures in the summertime. Yeah, that. <laughs> that that's that gets a little a little taxing at time. You you get acclimated to it. You kind of build up to it. Our tour season starts the first of March and ends the last day of December. So they give us January and February to sleep. We hibernate those two months. But, <laughs> and cool uh, off. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. But uh, we're always working because we are still having to do um, displays in all, the di- uh, in all the museums and that type of thing and, you know, bring everything back up to date, figure out what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, how we're going uh, <clears> to, <throat> you know, the whole plan for the coming year, that type of thing, mm-hmm. make sure we got tour guides, make sure costumes are correct and, uh, still do lots of interviews, even in an off period of time, mm-hmm. and we're always getting requests for, for people <coughs> coming and, and, and wanting to know information on Jonesboro. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great. That's great that it is
1: an all year. Yeah, it's pretty round. much year round now, pretty much.
0: So this is the fun part. This Uh-oh. is my favorite part, okay. where we get personal. Oh boy! <laughs> in a movie about your life, who would play you?
1: Oh wow! Uh, George Clooney. Okay. Because he's almost as handsome as me.
0: Almost. Almost. Close. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is your favorite local dining spot? Can be anywhere in the region.
1: Okay. Uh, in Jonesboro, that would be Texas Burritos and More. Uh, okay. A yes. very great place, family owned uh, from Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good people, completely authentic food. Uh, Good prices and have become really good friends with those people. In Johnson City, to be honest with you, Label. Mm-hmm. I like Label because they got the best shrimp and grits in the entire world. They do.
0: I agree with that. I so love their shrimp and grits.
1: Shrimp and grits are awesome. There. And
0: the, the tacos, and yeah. yes, yes. It's very good. Good choices. <laughs> do you have a signature cocktail? What's oh, your boy. thing you always.
1: Well, uh, that was a period of time that I. I left the Heritage Alliance and went to work when Tennessee Hills Distillery opened mm-hmm. up at the Salt House, and I was their first bartender and tour guide and historian for that building. I worked there about three years, three and a half years, and uh, got to know uh, a whole lot about the the liquor industry there real quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite would be uh, they make a product called Lemon Drop. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, a lemonade flavored uh, liquor, really good. And but I mix it. I call it a Tennessee Tennessee Hills Margarita. It's mm-hmm. mixed that with Patron. So you got oh, two liquors okay. just together, and that's it. Yeah, there's no mixes. So the lemon that. drop is a mm-hmm. mixture, and Patron is okay. the is the tequila. So yeah, it's a little strong, but it's it's really good. That I like really it a lot. Good.
0: I, I did not ever think to do that. I had I went to a tasting there, and it was actually the day that I was on the tour where I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, there were about 50 people, I think, on that tour, and it was sure. um, charter bus uh-huh. owners or uh-huh. operators. That's right. There was a big group, and we were sitting around, and I thought I had never been to Tennessee Hills, and I thought, well, I thought we were going to the distillery. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, granted, like 11 a.m., so it's right. a little early, yep. but still. Um, it was my first week, and I was like, I have to know all these things for my job. So <laughs> so I, I dragged some of the um, other... Bus operators, owners, with me, there were a few of us were very anxious to go. Mm -hmm. Some people didn't want to walk up the hill. Sure. um, Or drink at 11 a.m., I guess. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, So we went up and did a tasting, and I think I tasted everything in there. It was awesome. It's all so good. Yes. That lemonade Patron thing, though.
1: That's a good one. That is a good one. You should try that.
0: I'm going to have to try that. We're looking right now for... um, wedding like signature drinks there for our go. wedding receptions they have
1: a lot of those
0: Ooh, and yeah. you can I tie it in with there. the
1: local thing because it's all local down there
0: yeah, yeah that's a great idea not only
1: there but here in johnson city mm-hmm. and now the new place that in, they just, bristol. in bristol guys, yeah went to
0: the it's going
1: to be insane. groundbreaking
0: of that yep. yeah, everyone was there yep. every politician from tennessee was there yeah okay well that was i mean this has been worth it just for that <laughs> drink recipe yeah. alone What's your personal theme song? Mm-hmm. When you walk in a room, what's the song in your head?
1: Oh wow! Uh,
0: it could change sometimes. It, it changes a
1: quite a bit depending <laughs> on situations. I guess because I'm more jazz and blue blues oriented, I like uh, I like Dave Brubeck a lot. The old Dave Brubeck Take Five. That's one of my favorite. type It plays on my my car a lot. On my truck a lot. I. Tend to like that type of music. It's just more mellow. Uh, I'm my daughter and I share that love for jazz and blues. Uh, some of the other stuff I'm not too crazy about. The newer music I'm mm-hmm. just not into it. I'm just an old school guy. I do like, believe it or not, I, I I still like some of the old big band stuff. I I just think that that's classic music and some of the uh, the Motown stuff. I, mm-hmm. I I enjoy that also.
0: I do too. I like bands. Yeah. Um, I feel like after when COVID hit mm-hmm. music kinda took a downturn. Absolutely. And I don't know why, because everybody was home. I feel like sure. there could have been a lot of writing going on. I'm not maybe everyone was depressed, but usually that brings good music. So Sure.
1: It's uh but, you know, it and, and this is this is music music state. I yes. mean this place is has a huge history in music of of really all types. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's another cool thing about it. I, I enjoy that type of thing.
0: It's true. And they do a lot of that in Jonesboro too. We they have a lot of music uh, in the square down there and just free concert
1: have, every Friday night in yes, front of the courthouse. A free concert. A
0: free concert every Friday night. Is that all year or just in the summer, isn't uh, it?
1: Usually summer, usually March, April till about mm-hmm. uh, October.
0: I think you know, Jonesboro, whatever. especially for the size, has more events. <laughs> than any place on earth, they always have.
1: Every weekend there's some an event, event in Jonesboro of some kind. Yeah, there's always something going on on the weekend in there Jonesboro, is. and
0: it's right there downtown. Everybody can go. It's great. Yeah, it's just a keep great little town. Yeah, I love it. Bob, thank you so much My for pleasure. joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Northeast Tennessee Tourism, for sponsoring the podcast. If you're looking for something to do this week or this weekend, go to northeasttennessee.org. They will have all of Jonesboro's events on their calendar as well as everywhere else in um, the region of northeast Tennessee. We will talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you.